My biggest takeaway is that family is everything and to uh, always be respectful towards your elders. Pray to the Lord for strength and walk on it and don't give up. People strive to be good people. Welcome to Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench. I am one of your co-hosts, Kathy Buckworth, and along with Evelyn Brindle, we bring you great episodes with great people from Schlegel Villages. But today, guess what? It's just me and Evelyn talking about our parenting and grandparenting experiences. Good morning, Evelyn. How are you? Good morning, Kathy. I'm fine, thank you. Looking forward to their conversation this morning. I am too, and Evelyn and I got the chance to meet in person, finally, um, a few weeks ago, which was wonderful. So we've seen each other now, now we're listening to each other, and we're going to listen to our separate worlds of parenting and what it was really like um, for us to go through parenting. My kids were born, three of them were born in the 90s and one in 2002. Evelyn, I think your kids were born just a bit before that. Uh, no, in the 90s, uh, they were both uh, there and... Uh... Great experience, especially with the first one. Uh, we were living in Kingston at that time and uh, had to make the trip up here, of course, for her arrival. And both grannies were sitting in the waiting room just <laughs> expecting her any minute. So that was a fun day. Yeah, it, it is fun. And I, I unfortunately, my grandparents were in England, so I didn't have the grandparent experience with them. I only met them a few times, but my parents were certainly excited. Although I remember when I told my mom I was expecting number four, her response was, oh, Kathy. So there we go. <laughs> but but he turned out to be a good one, so we kept him. <laughs> but, you know, no one, nothing really prepares you for becoming a parent. There's all kinds of parenting books. I've written a few myself. Um, but what advice helped you, Evelyn? Where did you get your advice when you became a new parent? I actually, uh, not much. Um, my Family background is a little unusual. Uh, I, I had a wonderful grandmother who took care of me the first uh, 12 years of my life. And uh, she passed away when I was 12. Mm. Um, with me, my uh, parents had a second set of family when I was 16. So there were, I guess, the most experience that I got was in handling the uh, two brothers I have uh, since they showed up then in my life. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, the oldest one I had to take care of uh, when I was 16 for three months uh, while my mother was in hospital. So it was actually... Uh, on the ground training, I guess, at that time. Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure where I got my advice from either. I mean, back in the 90s, there was no internet shocking or social no. media like moms have today to go to to get some sort of, you know, bounce back. Although I did belong to a new moms group out of, you know, a hospital 
um, which was very helpful. That was run by a nurse. So I guess I looked to a lot of other moms, I suppose, for advice. Yeah, friends who might have been having children around that same time, and we would often share our experiences or problems or get advice from them as to how they were doing it. But um, yeah, books or, or any other contacts, uh, social groups as you have today online, uh, not available then. No, absolutely not. And, and one of the things I wish I guess I'd known ahead of time was the decisions that we made around having kids and how we were going to sort of balance motherhood and career, et cetera. None of those decisions had to be like forever. Like I knew some moms that would say, I'm going to take off the first five years of my child's life until they're in kindergarten. I'm, you know, and I didn't, I worked right through till I had my fourth. And then I turned my maternity leave into what I called an eternity leave because I, I, I started writing freelance, um, you know, 21 years ago. Um, so but I changed careers a bunch of times. And I think that's important for new parents to know that you kind of got to take it one day at a time and see what works for you. Just because you think you're going to want to be a stay-at-home parent, is that going to work? Are you going to launch right back into your career? Is that going to work? Like those decisions, those decisions and your frame of mind can change quite a bit. Oh, definitely. I think we had our first daughter the first uh, year that we were married. And um, I was working at a wonderful job at that time that I really enjoyed. In fact, I worked until that morning when I was going to deliver. So (laughs) I called them and told them I'm not showing up today. Um, So that was a, a different time. And then I lived in the States. So if you had a child... You were lucky if you got six weeks off after you had the baby. Uh, so it was a challenge trying to decide, uh, you know, whether I would keep working. Uh, most women would be stay-at-home moms for a bit, mm-hmm. but um, I had a, a boss who had several children as well and continued working through it and. Um, she was a bit tolerant on what I had to do. So we found a very nice lady to come in, uh, help watch my children and take care of them so I could get back to church, to work. But um, it was not easy. <laughs> you no, you want to be there for the kids or, you know, for the baby and, and nurse them and so on. So... Uh, it uh, was a very challenging few years with us, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And I took um, five months maternity leave with my first, five weeks with my second. That was a little ambitious. Um, six months with my third. And then, as I said, um, by the time I had my fourth, you were eligible for a year's maternity leave in Canada um, and took it and then tried to go back to work part-time corporate and you know, I remember saying to my husband, and we both had pretty heavy corporate jobs in the banking industry, and I said, I think I'm going to quit full-time. And he said, really? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, thank goodness, because we can't do this anymore. Um, so I started working from home. We had gone through nannies and daycares and all of that. And, you know, you find a way to manage it. And eventually, guess what? Those little baby years and little kids, they go to school, and it's like free daycare. It's so exciting. <laughs> and they get 
they get older. So as they get older, of course, the old, you know, saying little kids, little problems, you know, big kids, big problems. So let's talk a little bit about that, that stage of parenting when the kids start to be like young adults. How did you manage that? And, and what kind of advice did you seek then? Uh, I guess the young adulthood, yeah, uh, teenage years were, I think, the, the most difficult for us. Uh, as they became young women, uh, they, they really took on a lot of independence, and we encouraged that. Uh, Dave and I both uh, were very on-hand parents. We felt that we gave them support. We knew gave them help. Uh, they understood that that was there all the time. But living in Toronto at that time, there was a lot of uh, opportunity for independence. Uh, the girls went ahead. You could you could trust them to go out. It was a safer environment than uh, in the states, and they had very good friends. Uh, as well. And we got to know them. And so we were very content. We felt we gave them a good foundation. Uh, they learned uh, what our rules were and abided by them. And yet they had the freedom to make their own choices to do what they would like to do. And that's how they progressed. They each found things that they like to do. Uh, some of the times they did them together uh, and felt that they could always, you know, be home and tell mom and dad some things, not always everything, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, um, it, it was a good relationship. Many times we had some of their friends, you know, would pop up and come in and uh, often chatted with them. And it. Uh, I think that's key, don't you, Evelyn? I think getting to know your kids' friends at that age is really important, you know, making a space for them to hang out at your house because when you meet the friends, you really get a sense of what they're interested in, what's going on in their lives. I found that anyway. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, several of them, uh, they were friends when they went to university and lived in the same house together, actually. And uh, uh, when my oldest daughter graduated, she we always encouraged them to try to find some time after graduation to uh, explore the world, so to speak, to travel a bit yeah. uh, so they could really get to know themselves and other people and other uh, historic situations or I think travel cultures. is really, travel is yeah. really important. I agree. And not just by themselves, but having that opportunity, if you can, to travel with them so they are prepared to go and travel by themselves. And certainly that's one thing my kids, my, them, my, my son has lived in, oh geez, New Zealand and Milan, no, Torino, pardon me and out west and now he's living in calgary so he's moved more than the other kids but they all went to you know live away at university um at some point of their university career and that made a huge difference i think and i also sent them to summer camp every summer now three of them loved it one didn't 
but they'd go for two weeks or a month. And I think that made a huge difference in their level of independence. You know, if you leave a wet towel at the beach, you have a wet towel at the beach. <laughs> no one's picking that up for you. So I think that made a big uh, difference to my kids. Um, and, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have kids and, and you were also that weren't around the age of social media and, and a lot of the online challenges and bullying and posturing that goes on there. So it's, it is a different world now, 100% for those parents who are dealing with teenage kids. Um, and I guess it's something that our my, my daughter especially will deal with with her three young kids, my three young um, grandkids. So my grandkids are only um, one month, um, two years and three and a half. Um, and so I'm a new grandparent, Evelyn, to young, young grandkids, and you are the veteran of uh, grandkids. But, you know, being a grandparent is different than being a parent. Um, you have to listen to your kids' rules, first of all, which is, you know, you got to get used to that. Um, That's very important. Super important. Now, you got to respect and protect that relationship first. Yes, above definitely. All if you don't, then you have problems. A hundred percent. I always say that the kids hold the grandkids, or sorry, the keys to the grandkid kingdom. So, you know, you got to get those keys first and you've got to respect they're not going to parent the same way that you did. Um, and what was that like for you, Evelyn, be, when you became a grandparent to, to your young grandkids? What big differences did you notice? I, it was um, a very wonderful experience, let me put it that from. Yes, we had to uh, adhere to whatever rules or the way that they wanted to bring up the children. Um, but also, we were there to support and help and then most especially love the babies and growing children through the years. Uh, we had a very good relationship with that, both families, my daughter and their husbands. And one of them, of course, was far away. They, they lived in Hong Kong. The other one was close by. And uh, we tried uh, to make the effort to be as close or as much in contact as we could. Of course, things evolved eventually with Internet made it a lot easier to do that. Uh, the one... Uh, area that I think uh, we were most helpful with uh, was with my first uh, grandchild, who was a girl, um, who we found eventually was hearing impaired. Mm. And of course, at that time, the tests were not available to do at the time of birth or shortly after. You had to fight to get the tests done. Uh, there was a great reluctance at that time. Uh, so we and their other grandparents, my son-in-law's parents, um, made sure that we could provide some support and help to our daughter and husband. Uh, we got her into a special at school uh, when she was three and had to go ahead and transport her. <laughs> they picked her up in the morning and took her to school. We uh, came from Kingston and spent the week taking, picking her up after school and bringing her home. So we had some 
good times associating with her and help seeing her grow, helping her to. And you really have to make the effort, don't you, Evelyn? I think that's the message, right? I mean, I know oh, definitely. That my, when my daughter just had uh, the third baby a month ago, they live about an hour outside of where I live outside of Toronto. And so I actually rented a house um, close to them so that I could still get a good night's sleep. Um, they have, mm-hmm. You know, kids and two cats and and I could go back to my you know other house and then come back and I would mostly obviously watch the three-year-old and the two-year-old while my daughter was dealing with the newborn baby but you know it was an effort and it was an expense for me I was able to afford it which was wonderful and I encourage any grandparents who can be there right at the beginning and and you're right about you know your your granddaughter had specific medical needs I had a grandson who was like that at the beginning as well different medical needs but we had to be very close and you know, you you really have to sort of put everything else aside and uh, think about what they really need. And I know a lot of, you know, it's not just buying baby toys and things like that. Um, another stuffed animal is probably something they don't need. But it was even things like we bought them, you know, we helped them, pardon me, buy like a snowblower because they moved into a house with a really long driveway and the dad was spending so much time clearing the driveway, he couldn't help mom. <laughs> you know? And think, and I said, this is really like a baby present, um, you know, and same with, you know, it, how can you help them in terms of can you pay for groceries? Can yeah. you go over and clean their house, help them clean their house? Things that would cost them money because we all That's know that right. having kids is super expensive. So the support isn't always just you know, rocking the baby for half an hour, it's really just going over there and and helping them get stuff done, right? Things that you don't even want to do maybe, but guess what? You're helping them. And sometimes just um, making sure that the kids are well taken care of so that they have no worries about that. They know you're in charge, that you'll do some things that, that are important. And that's one of the things that grandparents can do. Yeah. Uh, any grandparent is spend the time and do things with the grandchildren. I, I, I know my grandchildren have told me how much they really enjoyed the time we would take them places to see a play, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see go to a museum, to come to their sports events and watch them play. Uh, that that's, they now say was very important for them, and they knew that we would be there. Uh, fixing their lunches sometimes, just you know, filling in in that area. Food has been a really good uh, way of getting to know them, and that's one thing. But as I was saying, you know, food has played a big part. They remember some of the dishes I used to prepare for them. Yeah, you're right. And food plays a big part of my role, but for a different reason, because my daughter and her husband and their kids are all vegan, and I am not. So I've had to learn to bake vegan, to cook vegan, to respect their food choices. They also um, do what's called baby-led weaning. They also are proponents of a food neutral system. There's all, and this is just the food part of their lives, which we know is huge for kids. But parenting strategies change, right? And parenting tactics, and it sort of loops back to what we talked about in the beginning of respecting their parenting strategies and the way that they do things. And my daughter, I know for sure, knows that I roll my eyes about some of this stuff behind her back, but she also knows that I'm 100% supportive of doing it with her when I'm there. And that's, that's really key again, to protecting that relationship. 
Yes, it is. And it's also a key to dealing with the other set of grandparents. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, one more thing I would say as advice for new or new to be grandparents um, is, you know what, you should sort of start working out. I'm just going to say that, like, you know, get physical and stuff, because picking up grandkids, even a seven pound newborn baby can pull on a bad back or weak arms. And if a two-year-old toddler's throwing themselves at you when you're going down for a hug, you better be ready to catch that too. So when the kids are young, it's a pretty physical thing. Yes. Well, even as they grow, there were certain years they're not too keen on it, but um, I find, you know, having the hugs even now is just great. I look forward to that whenever I see them. And you've just segued a great, great, great topic because I only have experience up to the age of three and a half, Evelyn, and your grandkids are older. So um, what advice do you have for me as the grandkids get older? You've mentioned a few key things, I think, which are, you know, going to their games and be driving them to practices, getting involved in their activities, et cetera. Um, what other advice might you have as your grandkids got older and more independent, you know, and it, w- it was more their decision to hang out with you than their parents? Uh, their time as they get older uh, is less, of course, with to spend with you. There's so many things that they're involved with it, either at university, when they're in school, uh, when they're working, as several of them are now. Uh, their time is short. They have other things that they want to do as well, if they're friends and so on. However... We have uh, regular dinners. My daughter now is in church. I used to do that before, but uh, both grandmothers, we would always have the dinners for Christmas or Easter or birthdays and so on. We still continue that. Uh, Mostly my eldest daughter is in charge, but everyone gets together to share their experiences. Uh, And we try to get together with uh, taking them out to lunch or dinner once Mm -hmm. in a while, to go to games. Sports is a very big way of connecting with them. Uh, So we often will go to a Blue Jay game, for example, or Dave will go with a basketball game with Brandon and... Uh, those times are good because it gives us some opportunity to talk with them. But yeah, keeping in touch as well on the internet, that mm-hmm. is wonderful. You don't have to send off a card or anything anymore. Um, and that's what we do. I try to make sure that we're in contact uh, at least once a week with each one of them. That's wonderful. And I, I can speak from the other perspective in the sense that I'm the parent in this situation. And my kids, their grandparents are still alive. Um, we're very fortunate. My parents are. So I try my best as well to make sure that you're right. They get busy, university, new jobs, um, you know, babies, et cetera, of their own um, to make sure that they see their grandparents on a regular basis. And, and you know, interestingly enough, try to get them to understand what life was like with when their grandparents were young. My parents both went through an exercise recently of writing down some significant childhood memories. And my kids had no idea that my mom had lived in Coventry during the war, for instance, and things like that. So trying to really make sure that they understand what their grandparents went through. And I know that is a key strategy in trying to uh, combat ageism. 
um, among young people is to get them to see their grandparents as humans, basically, who've been through life experiences. You know, real life life experience is not just something that they read about in the history books. So I love making sure that my kids get that experience with their, their grandparents as well. And it's nice to hear from them that they have learned something from you. You don't always realize, but um, my granddaughter, who's a teacher now, um, told me that one of the things that she thought I passed on to her daughter uh, was this patience to realize that if something happens uh, that you can't control, that you don't need to get totally upset about it and, you know, rant and rave. Uh, give it some thought and realize that you can't control everything, that things will pass on and you do the best that you can and have the patience to realize that, you know, things will be better and you can do something about it within your own control. And she's found that to be a very important part of teaching and dealing with all of the children in her classes. So she's an el elementary school teacher. And uh, it's been nice to hear that I've passed on some things to them that I didn't realize, you know, they've, they've noticed. So That's I'm gratified. <laughs> That's a, mostly what I try not to pass on to my young grandsons right now is swearing. So I have had to control, <laughs> I've had to, they're the age where they repeat everything. Um, but we have, it's funny because a lot of the time I spend with them, I do things like, I don't know, games, you know, a pat a cake or ring around the rosy that my daughter sort of doesn't remember from our childhood. And I think, well, maybe I was too busy to do it with you as a parent at the time, but it's really fun um, to do it with the grandkids now. And I think that's, you know, we think about the wisdom that we gain in becoming a grandparent. Um, it's really like sort of the more thing you reference this, the more things change, the more they stay the same, like the world continues to uh, turn, the days go by, and there's a lot of things that we can step back and say, you know, in the scheme of things, this isn't going to be a big deal. Like, let's just get through it. Um, certainly, we all had to get through the pandemic, and that was a big deal. That was a very big deal. Um, but I think we've learned, too, that we can share that 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 sort of thoughtfulness with our grandkids as well to say, let's sit back and think about this for a minute, which is what you were saying that your daughter is able to impart as well. Yeah. Well, each child brings a different perspective to your life, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it's amazing how different each one can be, uh, whether they're young and little or grown up. You always learn something new from them and you grow a bit along with them. And, and the most say, important thing you can give them is your love. Absolutely. And they say that every child has a different mother as well, too, that you step into the river of motherhood of different <laughs> stages of your life, which is so true. I was 28 when I had my first one, and then I was 39 when I had my fourth. And, of course, the 39-year-old mm -hmm. mom of four is quite a different person than the 28-year-old mom of one. So, you know, and, and you're right, and the children themselves are so different and you you certainly recognize that and the grandkids are also different and I oh, think yes. you know when we say oh he's just like his uncle Alex or you know um there's certainly um, categories that they're similar in but we have to recognize too that they're individuals as well definitely and then and you have to respect that 
They have Absolutely. their own interests and and abilities, uh, experiences, and that's the amazing thing to share with them, their own experiences, and, and you can relate that to what you have done. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to have a conversation with them, and I always look forward to seeing them or talking with them. Uh, that's very important. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's funny because I host a, I think, you know, a radio show and a podcast called Go To yes. Grandma. Um, which is on Zoomer Radio, Saturday mornings at 7.30, get my plug in, but it's also on a podcast format. And I, at this point, I'm coming up to my 100th episode I'm recording next week, which means that I've interviewed over 300 guests on this Congratulations. show. Thank you. And I have learned so much. So I obviously interview a lot of grandparents, but I also just interview experts in their fields about things that grandparents are going through. And it always reinforces to me that not only do things change, but you know, also how our reactions um, are recorded are very important to those around us, particularly our grandkids as well. So I think that's something we always watch is how do we respond to the changing world in front of even young or older grandkids as well? Yes. Well, we're very proud of our family and our grandchildren. They're all very beautiful, caring people and very successful adults. They're I, I feel pleased that they've come this far and, and are making their own lives and doing it well. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my four kids are doing well too. Well, one has produced grandkids. <laughs> the other three will see. <laughs> my twenty-one-year-old son just got a dog, and I a four-month-old beagle. And I'm like, you may not. That is not my grand dog. That is not a term. That is in my vocabulary. <laughs> Um, but he's learning a lot. How's that? Uh, and it's it's funny. He was over the other day with it and the dog was nipping and he said, you have to be very stern and say no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the opposite of the gentle parenting that I'm doing with my own grandkids. So I'm going to wrap my brain around dog training versus toddler training. So <laughs> it's stretching. Yeah. We're looking forward to the wedding of our granddaughter in July and uh, the whole family is totally excited about it. Uh, yeah, and our other grandson here is a certified electrician and doing very, very well with that. The uh, oldest one in Hong Kong just graduated from UBC with a business degree and has found a new internship with a very good financial company. And Jack, our youngest, uh, is in Hawaii at the university there in business school, but is also an elite paddler. Uh, he's, yeah, he's competitive internationally and doing extremely well in that area and perhaps looking forward to uh, joining Olympics as a representative for Canada, possibly. So they're, they're all in different areas, but yet share a lot with us. And uh, we always look forward to doing that with them. As with everything, there are tons of quotes about grandparents and the grandparent experience. And some of them ring true and some of them not so much. Evelyn, we found a few. Why don't you start us off with one of the quotes that you really like? Well, one of the ones, which was an anonymous one, is the best parents get promoted 
to grandparents. Oh, I like that one. I think I got promoted recently, so I, yeah. I like that. And I have a business background, and so do you, so we like that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have another one here that I kind of like, which is have children while your parents are still young enough to take care of them. And that was Rita Rudner. And that is certainly true. My friends say to me, oh, maybe you were quite young when I had my first one. I was 56. And I'm like, oh, that was old enough. Yeah, get get it out of the way. <laughs> Let's do this, right? Uh, that's a very good one because they have so much energy. And as you get older, it's harder to keep up with them. Absolutely. And, what, and you have one, again, that you really love that wraps yes. up everything. Grandparents are a delightful blend of laughter, caring, wonderful stories, and, and love. Love it. That is perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's one thing that I've learned um, from you today, Evelyn, as we talk through our advice on young kids and, and older grandkids as well, is that, you know, they all are different. We need to have different approaches to relating with them. It's super important that we are the ones that are driving that relationship bus, not only with our grandkids, especially as they get older, but also with their parents as well. So I thank you for sharing that advice today. Um, I share advice all the time, whether people want it or not, on GoToGrandma, <laughs> but also on my uh, website at kathybuckworth.com where my books can be found as well as I just wrote a blog post uh, that's going up this morning called uh, Grandma Boot Camp, which is all about the things that you should exercise as a new grandma. And it's not just physical, it's your mouth as well. <laughs> Control of your mouth, I should say, and your opinions. Um, and that's up on the that's going to be up on the website. Uh, for anyone who wants to see that. Any last words of wisdom from you, Evelyn? I think the best thing I can say is that you have to give your love. You look forward to the good times with them. There will be some that won't be as good or happy, but whatever you do is make sure they're aware that you're there to support them, to help them, but especially to love them. I love ending on that note too. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today for our special Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench episode. Evelyn, it's been so nice to get to know more about your family a little bit on this. Um, and I look forward to our next conversation. Good, me too. Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.